my family. All right, here we go. Let's lift up the truth this morning, amen. Let's do it together. still you cast out demons bid the empty soul be filled and now there's breakthrough now there's freedom in your name you gave us power and the keys to do the same you hold redemption made accusers mercy with your mighty mean 
given us. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And we are who we are today, Lord, because we're able to come into this place, Jesus, to echo that victory and that authority. It's our testimony that we stand by this morning, church. Amen. It's who we are as new creations in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Why don't we sing this together, church? Come on. And I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. You came along and put me back together.
nothing. Oh, lift your voice, church.
to you. Come on, church, let's sing this powerful line. Say, look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Let's recognize that this morning. Come on. It may feel like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Proclaim it this morning. Sing it. It may feel like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you.
these moments, family. We say, Lord, thank you. I feel surrounded, Lord, with your protection, with your provision. These battles that I face, Lord. At one time, when I feel surrounded by all of that, Lord, you supersede all of that. So, Heavenly Father, as we stand in awe, and we stand still, Lord, we were, Lord, my heart is jumping. Lord, that you will protect me, that you will look out for me, that you will provide for me, Jesus. That battle that I'm facing, Lord, relational, financial, in a career, Lord, whatever battle it is that I face, Lord, a medical, a diagnosis, Lord, I know that all these battles, Lord, that you will fight them for me. Lord, it's nothing that we can do on our own, Lord. So we say and we proclaim the truth to say, I. it may feel like I'm surrounded, Lord, but I am by you. Lord, there's no more powerful line to understand, Lord, the power of who you are. To truly surrender these things to you, Heavenly Father, and say, Lord, you're in full control now, Lord, not me. So I'm going to give it up. Lord, Lord, right now, Lord, I'm going to lay it down at the foot of your cross. Right now, Lord, and say, Lord, it's yours. So that I may breathe easy, Lord, and be in this place, Lord, here in this sanctuary, Lord, here at New Beginnings Church today. So that you will fill my cup, Lord, with this time of worship and the, with the word, Lord, and with the fellowship and communion with my brothers and my sisters, Lord. That's what you do. So thank you, Jesus. We breathe easy. We drop our shoulders down, Lord, and we can freely sing, Lord, from the depth of our heart, Lord, and everything that is in us, Lord, when we say, It may feel like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Oh, we sing it together. It may feel like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded That problem that you're facing, church, come on, sing it over this right here, come on. Sing this over that problem. Sing this over that medical diagnosis. Sing this over your finances. Sing this over your relationships. Sing this over every threat. Sing this over every enemy. Sing this over any problem. Sing this over any situation. Sing this over your health. Sing this over your work. Sing this over. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Sing it. It may feel like I'm surrounded. It may feel like I'm surrounded. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. 
Father, we lift it up to you right now, Lord. We give you glory and praise, Lord, because of the victory that is before us, Lord. It's right here. And for us to grab a hold of that victory, Lord, that you have promised us in your word, Lord. And this morning, Lord, that feeling that we have right now, Lord, to say thank you. And that confidence that you have given us this morning to say, Lord, my victory lies in Jesus. And, Lord, I will declare that right now, Lord, and say that you're going to take this over for me, Lord. And we give you thanks for that, Lord. And for this time of worship together, Lord, that we have totally and completely surrendered ourselves to you this morning, Jesus. Breathe easy, church. God is in control. Breathe easy, church, because you don't have to fight that battle. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we celebrate what the Lord has already done in this service, and we're only 25 minutes into it. Amen. Hey, greet each other, because what's coming, church, you got the word coming, too. Come on. I'm just going to start off right now by saying, church, wow. Amen. By the way. Welcome to church. Keeper of the thermostat. I know we brought the heat down from heaven, man. The Lord had brought it down this morning. So if you're hot, it's probably not because the heater's on. It's because, man, we are on fire this morning, man. We feel it, Lord. Thank you so much for that presence. Man, isn't he good? Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, church? (laughs) It is good. He is good. He is good. Amen. I'm I'm glad you came. Uh, We're all glad we're here. Amen. Yeah. It's already hot. I know, I know. I'm I'm ready ready for the beach. I know. I was like, you're from Hawaii. You're ready for the ski resort, Prim. We we, apparently, we live in different cities. (laughs) Hey, church, we want to welcome you into his house. We want to welcome those watching from home. I hope. I just pray. I just really do hope. I pray that they were able to feel just this much of what we felt like in this house. That's right. All right. His his presence, his presence was amazing. His presence is still amazing in this place. Is it not? Holy ground. Holy ground right now. Hey, church, we want to welcome. My name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings, and it is my honor and privilege to be with you this morning. And my name is Roxy de Santiago, and man, I love worshiping with you guys because we serve a great and amazing God. Amen. Amen. Hey, church, like I... Lord completely took over, and I'm sorry we went a little over time. But look, I want to make this really quick because we have some important stuff yep, we, we got to talk stuff. about, Roxy. We got stuff look, to say. Easter is coming up, church. That's Easter right. is just around the corner. It's March 31st, okay? Right, it's early. one of those Easters that lands at the end of March. March. Okay, we're used to it being in April, but this year is going to land in March. So um, next week. If you don't come on Wednesdays, you'll have this on Wednesday. But if you don't come on Wednesday, you'll have this next week. We're going to have invitations for you guys uh, with a personal invite from Pastor Richard. We're going to have a link to a video. We're going to get a personal invitation for Pastor Richard because it's so important for us to be so intentional with these Easter invites. That's right. Let me tell you one thing, church. 
Um, wasn't it amazing to be sitting here in the presence of the Almighty this Amen. morning? Whether you wanted to be here or not, you had no choice. You're here in the presence of God, and there's no denying that His power, His presence, His love, His grace Amen. fills this place. Amen? And it's a good feeling. So when you hand out these invitations, when you hand out these invitations, remember that what you're inviting someone to is to step into that right Amen. there because that's what church is all about. That's what God is all about. We celebrate we celebrate Easter because it is the very essence of being Christian. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came, died, and rose again for your sins, for my sins, so that you can be redeemed and loved and lived in the grace of God. Not because of anything you do, but because of what he has already done. Mm-hmm. And it, and that's the reason why you're sitting in this place feeling his grace and his love and mercy. And don't you want everybody that you love to feel that and to know that? So when you hand out the invitation, pray over it and say, I want this person to be here. Lord, let your will be done in their life. And hopefully they will find a way to make it into church. That's right. You know, Ready to stop preaching? All right, I'll stop. Dude, keep going, dude. That's good <laughs> stuff. But look, you know, the, the one thing, basically, man, these invitations we're going to get, right? I mean, they're important. It's for the people around us. I mean, sometimes we're at dinner or sometimes we're at lunch and our server might be having a rough day and you're like, hey, man, can, can I pray for you for a quick second? I don't want to, you know, I don't want to embarrass you, but can I, can I just pray with you? Or Look, I know you might need an encouraging word. I want to invite you someplace. Uh, maybe the cashier store. Um, Definitely not one of those invitations where you just leave, you know, at every single car at the, on the on the windshield wiper. Yeah, we want to be intentional with these invitations to say, look, this is for the neighbor because I know you've been struggling. Look, Easter, we're going to be talking about daring faith. Wow. We're talking about daring faith. We're going to enter this series leading us into Easter and past Easter called Daring Faith. And it's going to be talking about right taking that next step, how to, how to kind of look, really take out that extra step, daring faith, going against what what we're doing out in the, in the world, the evangelism, daring faith. Right. We want to do that. That's the first step. What we do here at New Beginnings Church of God is that we reach up to Christ to make sure you're connected. And then we reach out to make sure you grow into our church. And then we reach out into our community, dare to reach out into your community so that they can become a part of the family of Jesus Christ and they too can be called the children of the Almighty. That's what it's all about. Amen. Amen? And that's Daring Faith Church. So Easter Sunday, 9 and 11, here at New Beginnings Church, um, be intentional with those invites. Invite those people around you, your neighbors, you know, right. th- those people that you love. Hey, a- another service that we have. Good Friday. Good Friday service. Good Friday. It's just an amazing, impactful service to commemorate what the Lord did for us, right? He rose, but he also shed his blood, shed his blood for us. Right. For by his stripes we are healed. Amen. Through his blood we are redeemed and saved. I mean, it's just so incredible. It's so incredible to think that that is the core essence of who, of who we are as Christians believing right. in Jesus Christ. So I encourage you to share with those people that you love, those people that you care about, those people who are in your life, whether by choice or not, your coworkers, your That's neighbors, right. um, every one of them needs to know the love of Jesus Christ. That's what you're called to do. That's so right. reach out. So Friday is going to be just so amazing with our, of course, worship team and pastor bringing a message. Both Easter and Good Friday will be communion services. So church, invite those that you love. And, and so many other things that I wish right. we could talk about, Roxy, you know, but I know we went super over our time of worship and the Lord was just, I didn't want it to stop. Eee, so good, so good. <laughs> Amen. Uh, church, stay on top of what's going on at New Beginnings, like this Saturday's men's breakfast that's happening, our potluck-style men's breakfast this Saturday. Our women's retreat the Women's also retreat on coming Saturday. up. That's right. Uh, the counter culture, counter 
I promise to not roll my eyes today. <laughs> the counterculture counter. Really Look, thank you so much, church, for your generosity. Oh my oh, gosh. It's been so good. That's true. I will not roll my eyes at that. They, no. Church, you are amazing. Thank you for being such a giving church. There are children who really want to go. Um, and I am just Amen. so thankful for all that you guys have done to step up to just put the $20 in the bucket or to do a full scholarship. Right. And for those of you who have candy money out and all of that other stuff, please go, do go to the counter and talk to Culture Michael. Culture counter. That <laughs> counter. And talk to Michael um, yes. so that we can get everybody ready. And we're just excited for We know that God is going to do amazing things for these kids um, that are going to youth camp. And thank you for your fidelity. There are so many other things that you could participate, so many other ways um, to become involved in the family that is New Beginnings Church. Take a look at our app. Take a look at our website, our, our Facebook page. There are just ways for you can for you to be involved. But none of this None of this at all would be possible, not just the lights, but all of the ways that we reach out to their community. None of it would be possible without your faithful giving. So we want to thank you, church, for that. Thank you so much for your obedience, church, and going over and above the tithe. Thank you so much for your generosity. Like I said, the lives that you and I are changing, going over and above the tithe. Church, you have no idea how impactful it is. We love you for it, church. Thank you so much. We are changing lives, church. We are changing lives. So celebrate what you and I are doing with that. Amen. We love you, church. Turn your attention to the screens. All hope is lost. And it is no longer true that I will live in peace and harmony with my God. It is almost beyond imagining. But perfect days of walking with him in paradise are over. And now I am destined for days of separation and longing for my true home. My sin is beyond God's grace to forgive. I have come to realize that it is foolish to believe that God could accept me after all that I had done. How can it be to think that all my prayers went unheard? How foolish it was to believe that He loves me. There is nothing left to do but declare that I am lost without hope and future. And I can no longer believe that I will be restored. When sin came into the world, it brought death. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died in our place and it brought life he rose again and everything turned upside down I will be restored and I can no longer believe that I am lost without hope and future there is nothing left to do but declare that he loves me how foolish it was to believe that all my prayers went unheard. How can it be to think that God could accept me after all that I had done? I have come to realize that it is foolish to believe that my sin is beyond God's grace to forgive. Days of separation and longing for my true home are over. And now I am destined for perfect days of walking with Him in paradise. 
It is almost beyond imagining, but I will live in peace and harmony with my God. And it is no longer true that all hope is lost. Glory to God. We have hope in the Lord. Our hope and trust come from God and whom we have put our trust in. What an amazing message. Reading it one way, it's so doom and gloom. If you're here seeing it for the first time, you're probably going, wow, I came to church to get encouraged, man. Not all bummed out. But God has a way of flipping things around. Amen? Amen. He turns us from the, starts from the inside out, and man, he makes us new creations. Old things are passed away. All things are made new. Hey, young people, if you're still in here, the, the uh, sixth grade on up or right across the hall for a Bible study that they teach for them to be equipped in their arena. So you're welcome to join them, but you're also welcome to stay here. Guys, I've been doing this sermon series called God's Healing Choices, and today's the last of the series. <clears throat> and the series really ended last week, but I wanted to wrap this up because we were talking about people dealing with our hurts, habits, and our hang-ups. And all of us have them, amen? But I want to teach us now how to live it out, how to live out our faith, how to live out our faith with our inabilities, how to live out our faith with our defects, how to live out our faith faith, and live it out with our with our hurts, habits, and hang-ups, and finding healing in the Lord. Because the Bible was given us given to us to encourage us and give us hope. In the book of Romans chapter 15, verse 4, it says right there, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And it says, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, minister to us this morning. I pray in the holy name of Jesus Christ, the risen Savior. Amen. For all of you online, thank you for joining us. We love you. Thank you for joining us here at New Beginnings. Guys, life is hard. There's nothing easy about life. And we have to understand that. And we have to understand that we all need encouragement. And God builds character through testing. When you and I are being tested, he builds our character. He builds us up. He strengthens us. And you're either, you're either coming out of a, a trial right now. You're coming out of some kind of testing and you're going, man, whew, we made it. Or maybe you're smack dab in the middle of your testing. You might be smack dab in the middle of your trial in, in the hardest time right now. Or you might be going, man, I haven't gone through anything. But if you look ahead, it's right in front of you. You're like, oh, my goodness, here it comes. So whatever you're going through, I just want to let you know in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, it says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. You say, great joy? It says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, in other words, when it is complete, when it is made perfect, when it is fully developed, you will be perfect, strong in character, in other words. You'll be strong in character and complete, needing 
nothing. So, Lord, thank you. So that's what we want to talk about today, how to live out our faith in the middle of testing, how to live out our faith in the middle of trials, how to live out our faith in the middle of the challenge that's in front of us, how to get through and conquer and be victorious in the end. Amen? God always tests people he intends to use. Throughout this series, I've been bringing people up for testimonials. And today, I want to bring up three people. I want to bring up Noah, I want to bring up Abraham, and I want to bring up Moses. I want to hear their story. Because Noah was given this amazing opportunity. When God's going to use you, he, he, each person is, is seen and, and given an opportunity. Noah was called to save the whole world. It's through you, Noah, you're going to save the entire world because I'm going to do away with it. Abraham was to establish a new nation and a holy nation, and Moses was to set the people free. So this is the opportunity. This is the challenge. This is the promise that God's giving them. This is how I want to use you. How is it that God has called to use you? You're used in different kind of ways, and he's laid it out, and some of you are already functioning in that, and you love what you do. Even when challenges come, you do it. But then there's always an obstacle, an obstacle, some kind of an uh, uh, of opposition, an opponent that, that happens to come up. With Noah, they didn't believe him. He was there preaching, the end of the world's coming, so come on, turn yourselves over to God. They didn't believe him. They mocked him. They laughed at him. They said, you're an idiot. What kind of weirdo are you? Abraham. He's supposed to be the father of a new nation, and he's an old man, and his wife Sarah's old. And it's like, really? Where, how, how is this going to happen? And Moses went up against the most powerful man on earth, Pharaoh. Egypt was the, the greatest, greatest country at the time, the most powerful, and Pharaoh was, was the, the leader, and Moses was so up against him, and like, man, how is this going to happen? And then not only do you have an opportunity and an obstacle, but you know what? Then there's the ordeal. In other words, the, the, the whole ordeal that's going down, it's that waiting period or that testing period. For Noah, it was 120 years. For 120 years, he's building the ark. He's building that big boat. Can you imagine his three sons going off to school? Hey, has your old man flipped out? What's he building? What is an ark anyway? We've never seen a boat around here. I mean, telling you, look, if someone started building a cruise ship, some of you have gone on a cruise. They're humongous. Can you imagine someone building a cruise ship here in Albuquerque? Where are you going to put that? In Kingly Beach. Orale. <laughs> like, I don't think so. They didn't believe Noah. Abraham had to wait 25 years. He was 75 years when God first gave him the call. He's ready for retirement. God took him from retire to inspire. He said, I'm not going to get you retired. I'm going to get you retreaded because you need to get going, buddy. <laughs> and for 25 years, they tried to have a kid, tried to have a kid, tried to have a kid. They said, forget it. And then Moses waited 40 years to start. And he's starting, and he's starting, and, 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 and he messes up, so he gets sent out to exile, and then he comes back, and he's up against the toughest man on earth, and for 40 years they wandered in the wilderness. Do you realize that 
if you were to walk even today and in this time from Egypt to the Holy Land, it should take you at the most walking, at the very most, two weeks. It really takes about 10 days. But let's even say they're slow walkers, two weeks, 14 days. It took them 40 years. 40 years, because they kept messing up. They were tested seven times, and they kept flunking the test. So out there, okay, do another round. Go for another round, because you guys are all messed up. You don't know what you're doing. There's challenges. So I want to call Noah up first. Noah, come and share your testimony. So if Noah was here, this is what he would say. God, test your faith with an impossible task. An impossible task. God called me to save the world, Noah would tell us. Can you imagine that, dude? That's heavy duty. You got to save the world? I'll never forget when God called Cindy and I to come out here and plant a church. I'd only been a Christian a year and nine months. I didn't even know what a Christian church was like. I'd only been attending a year and nine months. I, I grew up a Catholic, so I couldn't come and plant a Catholic church. So I came to plant a church and... and I didn't have a model. I didn't have an example. I didn't. I. I just said, "Here we go." In the name of Jesus, dale gas. <laughs> he didn't have a model. He didn't. He didn't know what a ship looked like, an ark looked like, a boat looked like, big enough to have all these animals in. And it's, man, look what it says in Hebrews chapter eleven, verse seven. It says, "It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood." He obeyed God, who warned him about the things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. So it was his faith, when he put his faith into action, and he obeyed God, and he started building this big boat, man, the rest of the world was condemned. Noah didn't condemn them. Their lack of faith condemned them because he was preaching away. For 120 years, he preached. Before the flood, people were living hundreds of years old. After the flood, God said, okay, 120, that's it. 120 years. And you very seldom ever hear of anyone living more than 120 years. I feel sometimes like I've already lived 120 years, but that doesn't mean I have. Some of you feel the same way, amen? Some of you are only 30 and you already feel like that. But hear me, everything starts when you believe. You got to believe before you do it. He believed. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, faith shows the reality. Faith is the confidence that what you hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And it gives us assurance. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know it's going to happen. Never forget my wife. We had just had our kid, our first son, or our first, we only have one son. We had had our first child. He was three months old when we moved here. And we said, man, no turning back. No turning back. We're not going back, and we're going to stay here, and we're going to build a church. You see, faith is believing when I don't see it. I might not see it yet, but I believe it's there. 
I might not be able to trace God's hand, but I know his handprint is everywhere. Because that's what it's all about. That's what Noah would tell us. The second guy I'm going to bring up to share a testimony is Abraham. And Abraham would tell us, God may test you with a major change. A major change. You, you see, Abraham, his name used to be Abram, and he was a very wealthy man. He had many servants and had a lot of property and just great wealth, but he had no children. And he was from the city of Ur. Can you imagine? Hey, where do you live, Ur? What? Ur. Do you not know where you live? Ur. Let me see. It's like, where do you live? Burke. Burke? I don't see that on the map. The 505. A 505 is not on the map. I live in Albuquerque. Never mind. I'll go with Burke. It's easier to spell. It's like, it's like man. And, and God chooses to establish a new nation. And that nation was Canaan where they first got to, but it became Israel. And then 75 years old. Can you imagine? 75 years old. Hey, come on, let's go. 75 years old. It's like, okay, give me a little bit of time to get up. It's a major change. It's the where test. What do you mean you're taking me where? Where? It's like, can't I do it from here? No, I want, you're going to go to new territory. I'm going to give you new territory. See, God wants to give some of us new territory. It's a new ministry. It's a way of doing things at a new place, at a new time, at a new way. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, it says it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home, it says, and to go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. Now, I love this part here. He went without knowing where he was going. Try to sell that one on your wife. Hey, babe, we're going to sell everything. We're going to move. Really? Oh, you're going to get me a new house? Well, not, uh, I really don't know about a house, so uh, we're going to have to live in tents for a while. Really? We're giving up our house for a tent? Where? Well, I really don't really know yet. God, will, God says we'll know when we get there. Is it cold where we're going? I really don't know. Is it hot where we're going? I don't know that either. What do you know? I know that I heard from God. Wow. But he had the credibility, he had the integrity that when he told his wife, his wife said, vamonos, I got my bags packed, ready to go. Cindy and I moved out here, we didn't even have a friend of a friend. You know how if you move to a new city or a new neighborhood or something, somebody goes, hey man, I got a cousin there. If you need anything, call Panchito, man. Pancho's got the hookup. That dude knows everybody. Man, if you need anything, call Juanita. Juanita knows the whole city, man. Are you with me? We didn't have a Panchito or a Juanita or a nobody. Just the Lord, but he was enough. Hear me. When a major change comes, it challenged the, the where. But then Abraham would tell us there was a, a delayed promise. It was a delayed promise. That's the when test. When is this happening? What's going to happen? How's that going to happen? When's that going to happen? In Hebrews 11, verse 9 through 10, it says, And when he reached the land that God promised him, so they got there. He lived there by faith. 
For he was like a foreigner living in tents. That means temporary. Like, God, I thought this was going to be permanent. Yeah, it is, but I want you living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob. That's his son and his grandson. Three generations lived in tents who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. I know where I'm going because I'm just passing through. You and I live in tents. Our bodies are called tents. We only are temporary because when this body of mine dies, I'm telling you, I got a new glorified body up in heaven. And all I keep saying to God is, please don't let it be fat bodies in heaven. Come on, God. Come on. <laughs> Everyone that's heavy is saying amen. Now, come on, Pastor. I'm with you. All of you thin people are going, I've always wanted a fat body. Oh, shut up. If there was a way, I'd transfer everything I could. Three generations lived in tents. A delayed promise. God, when is it going to happen? Some of you have been waiting for a long time. You're saying, when? You're saying, where? And bringing you the third test Abraham would tell us about. The unsolvable problem. The how test. How's this going to happen? He changed his name from Abram to Abraham. You know what the name Abraham means? Father of many. Hi, my name is Father of many. Oh, really? Man, how many kids do you have? Well, I don't have any yet. Okay, Father of many. He doesn't even have any children. How long you been at it? 25 years. Oh, pobrecito. Him and his wife just don't know how to get pregnant. He promised him a nation, yet there was no children. Sarah's 90 years old when she gets pregnant. Abraham's 100. Talking about the talk of the town. Oh, yeah, did you see Sarah? Stop pregnant, la Sarah. Sarah's pregnant. Oh, she's 90 years old. She's pregnant. I saw her. But Abraham, look what it says about Abraham and Sarah. We're still in Hebrews 11. We're going to be there. Look at verse 11 and 12. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren, that means she couldn't have children, and was too old. Some of you think you're barren. Think God cannot birth a and conceive a dream in you. You've quit dreaming. You think, I'm barren. I can't have dreams. I'm barren. I'm too old. No, let me tell you something. As long as you're still breathing, God can use you for his glory. God wants to use you. So quit saying, I'm too old, and I can't have a, I can't have a, uh, I can't conceive. I can't conceive a dream. I can't, go oh, be quiet, Sarah. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man, and he was as good as dead. It's like, Sarah's like, hun, can we try one more time to have a child? Hun, Abraham, are you alive? This isn't, do you have a headache? This is, are you alive? He's as good as dead. A nation with so many people 
that like the stars in the sky and the sand in the seashore, there's no way to count them. Do you understand that you and I are part of that vision? You and I are part of that dream? You and I are part of that promise? Every time someone comes to Jesus Christ, you and I are now part of the family of Abraham. We are part of that promise. We are part of that dream. That's got to be phenomenal. They named him Isaac. You know what Isaac means? Laughter. Most If a 90-year-old woman got pregnant today, she'd probably faint. Not Sarah. She started laughing. I don't think she was laughing like, ah, yeah, right. I think she was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I'm pregnant. Oh, my God, this is exciting. You know what a baby does in your household? Brings great joy? Man, what joy. That's the how test. How's this going to happen? This is impossible. This is too great. I, God, I, I don't. I, I know where and when, but how? And then it takes us to the why test. A senseless tragedy. When tragedies happen in our life, we say why. Someone that we love a whole lot passes away, they get sick. They just retired, and a month later, they diagnosed and they died. And you go, why? Someone kills a family member in a car accident. They're drunk, and your family was not, and someone in your family died. Someone murders one of your family members. Your husband or wife, son or daughter, brother, sister, grandchild. And you're like, why? God calls Abraham to sacrifice his son, Isaac. And God doesn't even give him an explanation. Let me tell you something. When you're going through your tragedy, an explanation doesn't help. It doesn't even make sense. You just go, I don't even understand what's happening. I don't know what's happening. And even if God explained it to you, it still would not help one iota because the pain is so real. But will you still trust God with your future, which he knows and you don't? Are you going to trust him? Are you going to put your faith in him? In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 and 18, it says it was by faith that Abram, Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. It says Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only, 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 only son, Isaac. And even though God had told him that Isaac is the only is, is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. God, if this is the one that's gonna carry on the legacy, how in the world am I supposed to kill him? Sacrifice him. And they go up on the mountain and they built this altar. I have been to that site. That's where the big golden dome is. 
They're in Jerusalem. That's the rock where they used to sacrifice. And he put him there and he lifts up the knife to kill him, to sacrifice him. And God says, stop. I have supplied the ram. I have supplied the lamb. Jesus Christ, that's a perfect example of Jesus Christ. His only begotten son sacrificed because Jesus Christ is the lamb of God that he sacrificed to forgive us of our sins. And he stops Abraham from killing Isaac. And that's why it says in verse 19 of Hebrews 11, Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. He's like, I don't know why God would want me to do this, but I know he could bring him back to life. And it says, and in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead because he released him. He expected him to die, and God gave him back. You see, Abraham would tell us faith is obeying when you don't understand it. When you don't have a clue what's going on with your hurts, habits, and hang-ups, you still are out there going, I don't understand, it doesn't make sense, and God says, trust me anyway. Trust me anyway. And the third testimony I'm going to bring up is Moses. You see, Moses will say that God may test your faith with prolonged pain. In other words, extended suffering. In other words, the how long test. How long do I have to go through this arthritis? How long do I have to go through this cancer? How long do I have to go through this troubled marriage? How long do I have to go through this trial that I'm going through? Sometimes it's for a long time. Sometimes it's the rest of our life. And we say, God, I need your strength. You see, Moses left the comfort and protection of the palace to live with the Jewish people, the slaves. See, if you don't remember the story, they were killing off all the young Jewish boys because they were afraid they, they were going to rise up and the Jewish people had numbered, uh, had grown in such numbers that, that they started killing off all of the, the, the kids. And so... Moses' mom and dad had had a baby, and it was a little boy, Moses, but they hid him out. And finally, he was getting so big, he couldn't hide him out anymore. So, so they set up a plan, and, and the Pharaoh's daughter used to go bathe in the, in the river. And, and so they, they take Moses in this basket, and they push him out there, and she's bathing, and she finds a baby. Moses was obviously a basket case. Uh-huh, okay. I know. It sounded funny in my head, okay? I'm sorry. But, but she finds Moses, and she's like, oh, look at this little doll I found. I want to keep him. And the father's like, we're killing off all I'm going to keep him, Dad. Okay. How are you going to feed him? You, you, you didn't have a baby. You don't have milk in your breast. And, and Moses' sister had put the baby there, and she's talking to her servants. How am I going to feed him? I don't have milk in my breast. And she goes, oh, I happen to be walking by in here that you don't have milk in your breast. I have a mama at home that has milk in her breast. I'm sure my mom would feed him for you. Oh, would you go, go ask her? Can you, you imagine the mom going, Ay, mijita, you're so smart. I get to feed my own little baby. 
and she fed him. But Moses grew up in the palace. And Moses chose to leave the palace. He chose to leave the comfort of the palace, the covering, the protection. He chose to do the right thing even when he didn't feel like it. Let me tell you something. Sometimes you don't feel like doing some things. Have you ever not felt like praying? I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like praying. You're the pastor. You have to pray. I don't feel like praying. I don't. I don't. Have you ever felt like not reading the Bible? Oh, I don't want to read the Bible today. Or how about, I don't want to go to church today. There's people missing today that you're going, man, I wish Johnny was here today. Where's Susie when she needed this message? See, sometimes we don't feel it. We don't feel like going to work. Have you ever felt like not being nice at your, to your family? I don't feel like being nice to my wife. I don't care if she's the first lady of the church. <laughs> I don't feel like being nice to my husband. I don't feel like being nice to my kids. I don't feel like being nice at work, at school, at home, in my clubs, or whatever. Am I connecting? Sometimes we just don't feel like doing the right thing. But Moses did the right thing. Moses persisted. You see, Moses persisted with a faith that even in pain and even in discomfort and even with setbacks, he pressed on. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 through 26, It says, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression, the suffering of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. Hebrews 11.27 says, it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. And he knew Pharaoh was coming after him. But he kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. We need to keep our eyes on the invisible God. You say, God, I know I can't see you, but I see you all over the place. God, I know I can't feel you, but I know you're all over the place. So even when I don't see you, even when I don't feel you, even when I don't understand you, I'm going to trust you. Just like Noah said, there's an impossible task. There's no way, test. This is, there's no way this can happen, but it sure did. You see, because faith is believing when I don't see it. Abraham said, oh, it was a major change of the where test, a delayed promise, the when test, an unsolved problem, the how test, a senseless tragedy, the why test. But he would say to us, faith is obeying when you don't understand it. And then Moses was the prolonged pain, the enduring pain, how long test. Faith is persisting when you don't feel like doing the right thing. You still do it anyway. I'm telling you, God's going to give you the victory 
if you study about these men, each one of us had an issue. Each one of them had a flaw. Each one of them had a hang-up, a habit, or some kind of hurt in their life. Noah, after being on the ship for 20, uh, 40 days and 40 nights, can you imagine how stinky it had to be? How hard it had to be with all those animals they had to feed and they had to take care of and they had to watch over? And they weren't just there 40 days and 40 nights. After the rain finally stopped, that's just how long it rained and it flooded the whole earth. Then they had to wait for all the water to reside so that they could finally leave the ark. That's why they kept sending the bird. Let's see if they find anything out there. Nothing was found. Nothing was found. And finally they came back with a branch. Yeah, good. Finally land. I guess he was so overwhelmed. All I know is it says in the Bible that Noah went and got drunk afterwards. He was so drunk, he was even naked. And two of his sons mocked him and made fun of him. But one son walked in even backwards, like, I can't look at my dad naked. I love this guy, but his hurt habit and hang-up took him down. But I'm going to restore him. And he covered him. And it says he covered him. And Abraham. Abraham went through all kinds of stuff, man. Read his story. Even lied because Sarah was a fox. She was gorgeous. He goes, I want that dude's wife. He goes, don't tell him you're my wife. They'll kill me. Just say you're my sister. What's wrong with you, liar? And you read about it? His son Isaac lied. His son Jacob was a liar. Hmm, I wonder where they got it from. Then Moses. That dude's tripping out. I'm going to save my people. One Egyptian at a time, and he murdered an Egyptian. Like, what, you're going to murder all millions of them? Sometimes we just do some dumb things. But in spite of that, God says, step up with faith, because I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you mightily, but you've got to trust me, and you've got to believe me, and you've got to put your faith in there. And if you've never even ever trusted God for your faith, if you've never trusted him and believed that he died for your sins and you want to receive him as your Savior and Lord today, raise your hand and say, you know what, that's me. Is there anyone here today? Praise God. Praise the Lord. Is there anyone else? This is Pastor Eddie. For those of you that raised your hand, would you come up here real quick? Because we're still going to pray for all of us. Those of you that raised your hand, make your way up. I'm celebrating with you. We're celebrating what God is doing and what God has done. This is an amazing day for you. This is the day you're, you're being transformed into a new man. That's Pastor Eddie over there. Look at this. What's up? How you doing, young lady? Oh, my God. Let's see this kiddo. What a great decision you are making. Thank you for being here with him. Look, Pastor Reddy's going to go explain to you what you just are doing to pray with you, encourage you. We're going to give you some material to keep you strong and close to the Lord. But you know what? Each one of us are right there. Like that film we saw, it said, I had lost all hope. I 
just gave up, but God resurrects us and he gives us a new beginning. Man, if you need prayer, we have prayer teams. Prayer team, would you guys come up here so they know who you are so that they could come and pray with you? Come up here and just say, you know what? I need you to pray with me because I'm, I'm so broken right now. I am hurting so bad. I don't know how to get through this. So if you need prayer, would you stand with us and, and just make your way up? Ask them to pray with you. Tell them what it is you need. But let this be that sacred moment with you and God right now. Go ahead and stand to your feet as we just praise God. Because we're going to fight our battle in spite of how we feel. We're going to put our hand in his and say, thank you, Lord. I fight my battle by worship and praise and trust in you. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Make your way up to pray. Or reach out to someone and say, would you just pray with me? I'm going through a trial right now. Would you pray with me? And ask someone to pray with you. Ask them to stand with you in agreement. And say, you know what? I just need just some support right now. Make your way up. We have plenty of time. Ask God to just pour it into you. To pour himself into you. Oh, sing it out. This is how I fight my back. Yes, it is, Lord. This is how. Tell God what it is you need right now. Talk to your husband or wife or whoever you came to church with right now. And say, would you pray with me on this issue? Because I'm really overwhelmed right now in life. I just came out of a testing time. Or I'm right smack in the middle of it. And I need encouragement. I need power. I need God's presence. I need God's healing touch. I'm going to believe you, God. Thank you, Lord. We fight it together. Iron sharpens iron. We need each other. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, right now, I want to just thank you for all that you're doing. Father God, we want to be a people of God, a people of faith, a people that lives victorious. So, Father God, teach us how to trust you even when we don't see it or feel it or understand it. Father God, guide us, help us, lead us through this. Let us be, Father God, the chain breaker in our family, that we break the chain of destruction of hurts, habits, and hang-ups, and we break that addiction in our household. Today, Father God, we commit ourselves or recommit ourselves to you, asking that, Lord, you help us in every area of our life. 
Let us have the strength to obey you through the confusion and the brokenness of our life. I thank you for all that you're doing and all that you do. Lord, I praise you and I pray in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Give him praise and say, thank you, Lord. Sing it out and say, yes, Lord. Thank you. Go change Albuquerque, church. We're gonna we're looking to see you here this Wednesday. Don't forget there's a burrito and a bread sale going on. God bless you and thank you for being here.